Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on, and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets are absolutely free, or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave, as the announcer guy just told you. If you like this podcast, we encourage you to share it with a friend, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a comment or some such thing. Let us feel the love. And there's hope in the air. And I know that because my guest is already nodding. Uh, Please, everybody welcome from the MTM Institute, which you're going to hear all about. It's Rogera Toussaint-Michel. Thank you for joining us. How is everything going? Going well, yes. An exciting end to a crazy week. How has your pandemic been? How have you survived this year? Mine has been very interesting. I had a brand new baby boy on March 11th. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. It has been a whirlwind. (laughs) Hopefully he'll be able to go outside and play with other kids by the time he's one or so. (laughs) I was going to say, I think his timing is pretty good, right? By the time he's able to say a few words, we'll he'll be able to live in a normal earth, I I think. I'm pretty sure, right? (laughs) I'm hoping. I don't know what else I can do, but I'm certainly hoping. Right. So the MT Institute, which is your outfit, provides education, training, and research for small and growing businesses and entrepreneurs. Tell us, first off, the story behind this organization is interesting. So if you don't mind, fill my listeners in on a little bit of how it got started. Happy to. First, I have to say I can't take full credit. Mm. I have to give some credit to my husband, Mark Michelle. He's on our board and a very close family friend, so close that I would call her my goddaughter, except I refuse to believe I'm old enough to be her godmother, (laughs) (laughs) Nathania Smith. Uh, So they're on the board with me. But the main credit goes to my grandfather, Oscar Roger Muriel II, and he raised me, my mother. He basically took in a whole heap of other people. I wish they could be here. We could talk for hours and just taught us all how to be essentially good at business, mostly through being good to people. Mm -hmm. But he was always a firm believer in education. He didn't finish high school himself. My step-grandmother, really, my grandmother who raised me, I called her my mother, she could barely even read or write. Mm. So she was born in 1920. He was born in 1928. And they just had one goal in life, which was to make sure that I went to and finished college. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So my whole life was just spent learning, balancing a checkbook as early as eight, doing classes like speed reading and no like 
extracurriculars that were fun, just like extra study programs and that kind of thing my whole life. But it paid off when he unfortunately got Alzheimer's while well, he was diagnosed and then deteriorated back in 2014, 2015. I had to take over his business. And now that seems stable. I've launched the nonprofit in his name. Mm-hmm. So you're a nonprofit and I described a little bit about the goal, but give me a little more color around that about what you do and what kind of companies that you help, etc. Happy to. So I'm very big personally, not necessarily having to do with my grandfather, but very big on helping marginalized communities. As a black female member of the LGBTQIA community, I like to give back to that same community. So while he was willing to pretty much help anyone and everyone who needed it, I have that same spirit. But the nonprofit, again, is not mine alone. So the nonprofit itself tries to focus on marginalized communities. But at the same time, we have our main monthly event, for example, and it's open to anyone and everyone. So we're not necessarily excluding anyone either. That's just our main focus. The main, tell tell me more about that main event is it is it a virtual event or is it a live event it is now (laughs) i was gonna say yeah Yeah. so since 2016 when i had to move after i moved back to massachusetts and started caring for him i realized that a lot of the people i knew grew up with here in cambridge were now gone and i needed to needed to build a new network and i didn't find too many free networking opportunities for small businesses Uh, So I launched my own. Originally, it was through my company, MTM Executives, but I want to be able to keep it free. And when we were live, it also had delicious free food every Mm. month. Yes. And I I want to keep that going. So (laughs) not only do we give our attendees a brief 10 to 15 minute educational presentation, but we fed them and we fed them well. We uh, held it at the Champions Restaurant in the Marriott in Kendall Square. Okay. So if you know anything about them, that the food is pretty delicious. Mm -hmm. So the nonprofit was launched to keep that free, but we also now have a mentorship program. We partner actually with Cambridge Local First and the Sustainable Business Network for a section of that's geared toward Black businesses since about the summer or so. But again, also open to anyone who, who wants to be a mentor or would like some mentorship. So yeah, what people need to know about your organization. And so that the mentor program, who is that open to? What kind of folks are you looking for? It's open to everyone because we have mentors and mentees. And it's not really even restricted on the mentee side. Um, anyone who's looking for help in any capacity really that's related to business, we'll, we will do our best to help. Of course, we're limited by the amount of mentors that we get. So for instance, if someone's looking for mentorship in graphic design and we don't have a graphic design mentor available, we'll keep looking, but we can't guarantee that someone will be a match. But it really, it's really free for anyone. We are based in Cambridge, so we try to keep it local and focused on the greater Boston area. But that's it. As long as you're a small business in the greater Boston area and we're defining a small business as less than 50 employees, then you can apply to have a mentor. How would you describe the state of uh, business in Boston when it comes to minorities in terms of minority growth, ownership of companies? I'll tell you that, I mean, I worked at Lawyers Weekly for 15 years 
starting in, I don't know, 1995. I, I don't know. I'm old. But anyway, so that was from my seat and looking at the legal community. It was always, I don't know if the struggle is the right word, but there was always more work to do in terms of law firms finding prominent attorneys to place on their executive board and have the managing partner and all that. The intentions were there, but the results weren't always there. And I have some friends that are, they happen to be black, happen to be in New York. And they, I, I asked them, would you ever come to work in Boston? And they sort of hesitate. So what's it like now? Are we improving or what? I would say yes, but I do have to kind of confess that I'm also on the steering committee for the Cambridge Somerville Black Business Network, and I have seen firsthand how Cambridge Local First and the Sustainable Business Network have come together to make sure to put Black businesses at the top of their agenda. So I'm probably a bit biased, (laughs) and we just launched this in June, so the work that we're doing has not necessarily come to fruition yet, though we have launched a few initiatives. But there are Black businesses. There are Black businesses that are growing. So it's not dire, but there, like you said, is a lot of work still left to be done. Now, you grew up where? I'm sorry. Your family's originally from Cambridge, yes, or? Right. Born and raised in Cambridge. Born in Cambridge Hospital on Cambridge Street. Went to Cambridge Ringing Latin from Cambridge. (laughs) Uh, But I I left... Yeah, a lot of Cambridge, (laughs) but I left at 17 to go to school in Long Island. I went to Hofstra University, stayed in New York, bounced around Queens, ended up in Bronx, but I had to move back when my grandfather got sick. Um, And now I I, I go back and forth (laughs) every other weekend like clockwork. And when when it comes to racial diversity, racial harmony, you've seen New York and you've seen Boston. Do does Boston get a bad rap. Yeah, it's the are we a racist city is a question that quite frankly it, it comes up every five years, every ten years, or whatever. And I was raised by bleeding heart liberals, and so I would like to think that there's good in people, and that and that in our area there are or progressive thinking state and city. And but I don't pretend to walk in your shoes or the shoes of any minority person. I'm Jewish, but so what? I can walk around and look like just look like a white guy. Anyway. But I'm curious as to what you think. I mean, you grew up here. Are you proud of this city when it comes to that or what? Well, I always tell people first and foremost that I'm not a Bostonian. I'm a Canterbridgean. And I do think it's quite different here across the river. So while I know Boston has a lot of problems when it comes to race, and I'm not saying by any means that Cambridge doesn't, I tend to be very proud of Cambridge. Um, especially with Denise Simmons having been mayor, just having, seeing another Black queer woman in that position of power is something that I continue to brag about to this day. Uh, So I, I will say there are issues, but we're probably in a better situation than a lot of people across the country. But that still doesn't mean that we don't have a lot of work to do still. I'm going to give you um, a little quiz, Rogera. This is from Election Day. So there, I'm looking at the list of Massachusetts towns as they voted and who, and I'm looking at the top five towns in terms of Biden voters. So the, 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 the five bluest towns in Mass. Do you want to take a guess as to what was number one? Or you can guess one, two, or three, or whatever. 
I don't think I could even guess. I, I would hope Cambridge is there somewhere. <laughs> yes, absolutely right. Cambridge is number two on the list. Just two. Who beat us? <laughs> well, think LBG, LBT. I always say it wrong. LBGTQ. Who, what would be the town? Perhaps the most welcoming of same-sex couples, etc. Is that like out by the Cape? That yeah, area? way out there. Provincetown. So Provincetown, Provincetown that's the one, yeah. <laughs> there, were, there were a total of 181 people that voted for Trump in all of Provincetown. It was uh, 90, wow. 92% Biden. Cambridge, also 92% Biden. It, there were remarkably 3,200 people in Cambridge that voted for Trump. And I, they're probably hiding in their basements right now. I don't know. <laughs> but, and the list was rounded out by Amherst. Pelham, which I'm not even sure where Pelham is, and Somerville, and Boston, not too far down on the list. Boston, 83% Biden. I mean, these are just huge numbers. And Massachusetts, outside of Washington, D.C., I think Massachusetts was the most pro-Biden. What are we? A state. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Anyway, so what's this? I mean, I haven't asked your point blank, but it must have been given the causes that you represent and the circles you walk among, the, the, the election day must have been pretty exciting for you. Well, there wasn't much news on election day itself. But or those the next wee day. Or hours no. of the, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But those wee hours of the morning where you have to decide if you're going to go to sleep or <laughs> if you're going to stay up and try to get just a little bit more information, though, that was pretty exciting in the worst of ways. And then again, yeah, the days following were pretty nerve wracking. But as the pictures started to become a bit clearer and you could maybe have a little more hope it got a little less nerve wracking. I should also say though, that I am the mother of two black boys as well. So this election may have been a bit more nerve wracking uh, for me than others. I don't think Biden by any means is a cure all or end all to America's hundreds of years worth of problems, but I do think it's a step in the right direction. And if Trump had won, we definitely would have been in worse shape in that respect. Uh, well, as so. your as your son grows up, you're as, as, you have the the infant here, and how old is your other child? Nine. Oh, and nine. A half, I better say, or he'll get me. Okay. So, the, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, pre-Trump, he was growing up in a world where the president was black, and so and, yes. and then unfortunately, he had to endure the last four. But yeah. your youngest son is now growing up in a world where he will only know black female vice presidents. So that's progress, I guess. So let me get back to MTM. What should people know if they want more information about your organization? I take it they should go to the website or what? Yes, they can absolutely go to the website. I will actually share my company's Instagram because we don't have social media for the nonprofit. Okay. But my company, MTM Executives, shares the nonprofit's information. We share the network. We share the events. So the easiest way to find out is to really just go to Instagram and follow us at MTM Executives. But yes, if you go to the website, mtminstitute.org, you can also find the network, which is totally free as well. And join us every month for that event currently on Zoom. But we'll be back in, hopefully in Kendall Square. I'm hoping Champions makes it back. But we'll find a place either in Cambridge or close by as soon as we can. Well, there's hope. I mean, it's still anybody's guess, but as we record this morning is the day when Pfizer announced that they came out with a vaccine that's uh, p- apparently 90% effective in tests. 
does that give you, I mean, everybody in the business community is waiting for the day when we can do just more of everything that we used to do, right? Does it give you hope? It does. It gives me hope, but very reserved between the infant and the 92 year old grandfather. 90% isn't what I had necessarily hoped, (laughs) but it was better than, I think it was the three vaccine trials that got shut down. So I'll take 90% over that any day, but it's still much like the elections conscious, I guess, reserved Mm -hmm. optimism is maybe the term I'm looking for. So I'm excited. I'll take all the good news I can get in 2020, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it's cautious optimism. There's the term, cautious optimism. Cautious optimism. Yeah. It's not the best kind of optimism, but at least it's optimism. Exactly. Right. So yes, uh, the website again is mtminstitute.org and say the Instagram handle one more time. So MTM executives, MTM like the Institute and executives, plural. Awesome. Thank you so much. Do you have maybe three more minutes for me? I do indeed. Okay, because we'll do a segment which Rogera's is completely unprepared for. So we'll cut her some slack. But we do a segment called Good Stuff, where we recommend something good to our audience. Oh, you're a fan of the show. So you know this, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So uh, we'll recommend something good, whether it's something good we've seen on TV or some activity or a rest, but really anything to cheer the hopes of our listeners. Before we do that, I'll take a brief moment to tell you what we do at Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Would you like your own podcast, kids? Now's a great time to start one up. Go to pod617.com to get started. We can do it all remotely. We've been doing it remotely for a long time. The studio is open. Thank you, uh, vaccine, and hopefully completely open, but that's in Westwood, Mass but we've been recording podcasts remotely. It's a great way to reach out to your audience, your contacts, your clients, what have you. Go to pod617.com to get started. The Boston Podcast Network, in pod we trust. Okay, now for a round of good stuff. Let's see. Would you like me to go first since, since I sprung it on you? So to speak. Sure. Thank you. you. <laughs> so I've been my my guests usually recommend something a lot more cultured and literary than me. I always just recommend a TV show usually. But anyway, if you haven't seen, have you ever seen the TV show Fargo? Have you ever seen that? Yes, yes. I've started the latest season, but I've only gotten I think one or two episodes in. Okay, I was I suggest you stay with it. Some people don't love this fourth season. All the seasons are great, in my opinion, and it picks up on the sort of quirky spirit of the movie Fargo. And it just, but there were twists and turns and weird stuff going on. This one, they were ambitious and they tried to, I would presume, inspired by the Black Lives Matter movement, they wanted to do something on race relations. And so they spin back to a moment in history in, are they in? Kentucky or it's in the Midwest somewhere. I don't even know. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah I, it, it kind of doesn't matter. It's kind of like any town USA, but and it imagines this sort of fictionalized version of the past where there are Italian gangs and Irish gangs and along comes a black gang and the black gang is the baddest in town because they're led by unlikely actor Chris Rock, who plays the heavy and the gangster. And so Chris Rock is a little hard to accept as a, as a mob boss, but, but there are just so many cool twists and turns and you'll recognize other actors in it. So that's on Netflix, I believe. So check out the new season of Fargo. I give it a thumbs up and Rosario, I think you should stick with it. Now that I've uh, recommended my silly TV show, what do you have for us? 
Okay, mine was kind of easy and again, maybe a little biased, but if anyone like is like myself and is a foodie, mm. I'm going to give a shout out to one of our fellow Black Business Network restaurants, mm -hmm. uh, Tanam okay. Restaurant in Somerville. Okay. Uh, that's T-A-N-A-M is in Michael, Tanam mm. Restaurant, it's in Bow Market. Delicious food, great people. I highly recommend it. And I am very picky about my food. Anyone that knows me knows that is the case. Right. Um, but they also have some great drinks. I I'm still not able to imbibe as much as I would like <laughs> with the new kid. But okay. I highly recommend going for food. And if you do enjoy a good drink, going for the drink as well. I like it. I'm looking at the menu right now, or at least the website. And if you're interested, it's tanam, T-A-N-M dot C-O. And uh, as you mentioned, in Somerville. So what kind of food is it? It's, I think it's a fusion type. Yeah. Bunch I've of never stuff. been able to actually kind of describe it myself. I think they tell you better on the West Side. They say Phila, Philippine X American, I guess. Yeah, Philippine X, which is weird. And then the the menu is either not um, done up or it's in a different. Yeah. Well, it looks it looks great. The reviews are really great. And I take it they do, do they, have they been doing takeout during the pandemic? Yes, they do. Uh, okay. You can order in advance. They have like rice bowl, healthy, pretty much healthy, like rice bowls and salads and all types of mashups, which, are, which I think is really cool. It's not something that you're going to find pretty much anywhere else, which is fun. But yeah, especially if you're health conscious and you'll see if you do like the order, the pre-order option mm -hmm. at the bottom there, you can see all of the drink options too, which are also just as fun. <laughs> this is wild. I'm looking at the, the website and they do something called a Kamayan, Kamayan Salabas. Uh, Salabas? I'm trying to pronounce it. And it's got the translation. Anyway, it's a popular eat with your hand. It sounds like uh, tapas sort of, but eat with your hands feast served on banana leaf adapted for outdoor dining. That's probably a new thing. But the menu is all these things I can't pronounce. Yes. Uh, uh, there's, I mean, Liempo, I don't even know. But the, and then the, it's for the dumb people like me, they explain these things are like roasted pork belly, main yeah. mussels in a spicy sauce, steamed lobster. Oh my God, sounds awesome. Exactly. Right. Like you will not find that kind of food anywhere else. And the drinks are on the same level. And it's very, it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm hungry now. All right. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for joining on the Boston podcast. Once again, mtminstitute.org. Find all of, about Rogera and the great stuff she's doing. Please follow her on Instagram. And if you like this podcast, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast. If you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com. Rogera, I hope we did good. I hope you had fun. I had a blast. Thanks so much, David. All right. My name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Go get some food. I'm hungry. Bye.